Hey, folks, I know there are lots of business owners who listen to this show. Maybe some of you never planned on running a business, but now here you are. One thing you've always got to keep in mind is how much you're spending on your operating costs. That's one of the first things we had to keep in mind with WTF. And with things costing more today than they did when we started, you want to keep your expenses down. To reduce costs and headaches, be smart and use NetSuite by Oracle, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. Reduce IT costs, cut the costs of maintaining multiple systems, improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash WTF for more. That's netsuite, N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com slash WTF. All right, let's do this. How are you? What the fuckers? What the fuck buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fucksicles? What the fuckadelics? What's happening? I'm Mark Marin. This is my podcast, WTF. You're listening to it. I appreciate it. Do I sound different? I put on a couple pounds. Can you hear it in my voice? I feel like I'm carrying a little weight in my voice. No? Am I being crazy? What's happening? Today on the show, I have Michael Chiklis. You might know him from The Shield or The Commish. He just put a record out uh, that he's um, you know very proud of, his debut uh, rock record, Influence. You can get that. But you, you probably know him. He's, he's on the, sh- uh, the Fox show Gotham as well. Uh, that's coming back too. But Michael Chiklis, his name came up and uh, like I have this weird memory of him. We went to college together about a year apart. We didn't know each other, but we had common friends. And I saw him on stage. And I just, I, just, I don't know. I, I, as I get older, and not even as I get older, my whole life, if I have any sort of strange memory connection with people, I want to uh, reconnect and uh, and tell them about it. And that sometimes is, you know, a lot of times they're like, no, I don't know what you're talking about or I don't remember that at all. And it can be disappointing. But uh, I, I connected with Chickless on a lot of levels. He's a, and he went, he has a great story of perseverance in this fucking town. But also today, Kurt Brauneler and his wife, Lauren Cook, uh, they come by to chit chat a bit, a little bit about uh, this uh, this podcast wedlock that they're doing together. I love Kurt, and I think this might have been the second time I met Lauren. I'm not sure. I think I talked to her about it. So it's a it's a fully loaded episode today. But uh, I don't know, man. I I Buster got out today. I don't know where he is. I don't know where he is. My kitten Buster. Buster Kitten, the uh, black cat, black kitten with big ears and the Abyssinian face is, uh, is, is gone. He broke through the screen while I was at the gym. That'll teach me to go to the fucking gym. Anyway, so Buster got out and I don't know if he's coming back. I mean, he's eight months old. He, he Theoretically, he knows where he lives. But I don't know. He, 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 I've given him so many options of food, and he kind of likes them. Uh, he doesn't love any of them. And, but he's such a smart cat. He's out of his mind, but he, he would fetch and bring it back. I was starting to like him. He had a real personality. He was a real nut job, and, uh, and now he's gone. 
And I'm upset, but I've been through so many cats one way or the other that there's part of me that thinks, all right, well, if this is how he wants to live his life, so be it. If it was one of my oldies, if it was Monkey or LaFonda who are, you know, in their retirement and when they get outside and they're, you know, they're, they're a bit senile and they don't really know quite what to do out there, that would be much more upsetting to me. I'm upset that Buster's out, but I did get him fixed. I did feed him well. Uh, he's got, you know, he's healthy. He has his shots. He's chipped. He's got a chip in him. And, uh, you know, so there's a lot of good things. And if he chooses to be an outdoor cat or move in with some uh, nice Mexican people down the road, and that'll be the uh, end of our relationship. Maybe he'll stop by. I don't know. I'll keep you in the loop. But uh, I'm upset about it. I was just starting to like the guy. But he was nuts, man. Fucking lunatic cat. And he came from the wild, and now he's back in it. And we just have to see. We just have to see. That's sad. What, I got to change the end to Buster Lives now? <sighs> Christ. But I'm, I, I don't know. What, what am I going to do? I wandered around yelling Buster. I looked under everything. You know, I did what I could do. You know, I love the guy, but what, 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 I can't fight with him. If he's going to run away, he's going to run away. Next weekend, April 21st and 22nd, I'll be at the Aladdin Theater in Portland, Oregon. I, I added a show on the Saturday, on the 22nd. There may be some tickets for that. Pabst Theater, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, on April 27th. The Orpheum in Madison on April 28th. I'll be at the uh, Pantages. Is that how you say it? Minneapolis on April 29th for two shows. I'm taping a special there. I mentioned D.C. I'm going to be in D.C. at the Warner Theater on May 13th. And I'll be at the uh, Miriam Theater in Philly on May 12th, the night before. A lot of running around to do. Because I got the Glow Show. The Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling, that's premiering on Netflix, I think, on the 23rd of June. I'm going to do some press for that. You know, I was talking about, like, I've been listening to uh, uh, a lot of Lee Morgan again. And I don't know if I mentioned it. The movie, I believe I mentioned it. It's called I Called Him Morgan. It's a documentary. And I I just, I, I want, I don't know why, but, you know, I'm championing Lee Morgan. This is not any sort of paid ad or anything, but uh, he's really blown my mind, and the movie sort of blew my mind as well, and I guess it's out now. It's playing in like a dozen cities. I called him Morgan.com is where you can go. I've just been in touch with the uh, filmmakers, and uh, I like it. So, Kurt Bronner and Lauren Cook are married. They've created this new podcast called Wedlock with Kurt and Lauren. It comes out April 20th exclusively on Audible channels. Audible Channels is available on the Audible app and free to listen to with Amazon Prime. Kurt's new album, Trust Me, is also now available from Comedy Central Records. Kurt Bronner is good people. Funny guy, thoughtful guy, nice guy, and, uh, and his wife is also very pleasant. It was nice to have them in the garage. So here's me talking at him and talking to him and talking. Sometimes I wish I paid more attention in school or in some cases, any attention at all. There are probably a lot of things I could have gotten more out of, like literature. And now it's probably not in the cards to go back to school and study the classics. But luckily for us, there's a new podcast called The Foxed Page that dives deep into the best books of all time. This is basically like the best possible college English class, but more relaxed 
and fun. No pressure of grades or needing to prepare something to say in class. It's only the books you want to read and know about presented by best-selling author Kimberly Ford. Everything from Cormac McCarthy to Madame Bovary, from classics like Frankenstein to modern hits like Lessons in Chemistry. I love Ireland, but I missed the boat on James Joyce. The Fox page has a three-part series on Dubliners, and that's a pretty great starting point. Want to get the most out of what you read? The Foxed page is for you. Get it now wherever you get your podcasts. With them. So, all right. So you're about to have birth, Lauren. Yep. Any, any second. Day, any any day second. Day. Yeah, she's fully cooked. So really? It really could happen. So you're like nine months? This is nine months? This is it? Yeah, 38 weeks. And what and, and what do they tell you? They just say like, wait, you know, just wait it out. It, like you don't. Isn't there a point where you force it? <laughs> I'm trying After, to force it. I'm, force, really I'm doing it. all the old wives tales tricks. Really? Yeah, it's. I'm ready. Yeah. I want it now. You, you've done. You've I'm done. Over it. You put it. You've put your time in. I <laughs> put yes, more time than I feel anyway. It just starts to feel egregious, like the whole thing. Is yeah, like, we but still also, have to do it this way. We yeah. still have two weeks to go, and every day you're just like, "Get it out I of know. me!" I'm pre- I think, it, yeah, it's in really the spectrum, uncomfortable. In the spectrum of not liking it, yeah. I'm really on the far end of of being done with pregnancy. And then you have to move through the whole like having it thing. I know, yeah, apparently that's even harder, but whatever. <laughs> but it's so worth it, right? <laughs> we don't know. We but... have no idea. Maybe we maybe we'll hate it. Uh, no, we won't. No, I'm... it's going to be great. You're going to yeah. be in for a while. Oh, I mean, yeah. you know, the the next part is yeah. longer than 9 months. It could be a lifetime. Yes, yeah. they yeah. say that part is is much harder. But, but I just feel like once she's outside of my body. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll be much happier. Sure, it'll, it'll it'll be a different relationship. Yeah. So now, what what's how long have you guys been together? Where I mean, I can't. I mean, I remember talking to you years ago. Yeah. I think I've met you once. I don't know if you were married. Were you? We were not married yet. Yeah. How long have you been married? Two, Two years. years. And and you're already nine months into a baby. You guys knew what you wanted. That was yeah. You know, <laughs> going for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right away. And you know what did? How did you meet? Were Were you a comedian? I can't remember. No, not a comedian. Um, I was on a date with a comedian. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and then I was at the where they were dating. Is that true? Yeah, I was at a Yola Tango concert. Oh, so like no, nice droney, swell Ira music. Mm-hmm. And you're on Lots a date. Lots of jamming out. Yeah, and what, which comedian? Do we talk about it? <laughs> no, we need to? I don't think so. I don't so. think we need to. <laughs> is, he, is he a peer? Is he among us? Um, he's your peer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, is this a Todd Berry story? Um <laughs> It is. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> that he can take it. But <laughs> Lauren claims it wasn't a date, and I was like, I think it was a date. Okay. I, I love Todd Berry. I hung out with Todd Berry like, you know, all the time. He's yeah. a great guy. Yeah, yeah, but, in but, New York. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, but yeah, it was sort of a platonic. Yeah, you went to the bar, and I I saw her at the bar, and then we just chatted for five minutes, and then she went, she left with Todd, and I was with Eugene Merman and my buddy Chris. Yeah. And as she left, I honestly said to Eugene and Chris, I was like, there. Go-, I was pretty drunk. But I was like, there goes a the girl I'm gonna marry someday. Really? I swear I did. And then I even as I said it, I was thinking, you know, that was like I- his tagline. He said that about everyone. I didn't. <laughs> I really honestly didn't. But I thought right then I shouldn't say that because when I do meet the person. I'm going to marry I'll have said it drunkenly a few times so it was really the first time I said it right then he was locked in and it worked and it's a good
good story. You, yeah. you can, you've got to stop telling the part that he said that about everybody. Okay, you, gotta, right, you, gotta, right. you know, let the, you know, <laughs> let, you got to you do some editorial work. Like yeah. when you start this new podcast yes. and you, and we'll you tell that story, romantic. you yeah. can say things like, uh, did, did you, didn't you say that about everybody? And you go, no, of course I, I know. Never I, never, I never, never felt once. that way. I felt and then, it once. And then you create yes. the warmth of your connection. Yeah. So, right. so what is this project you're embarking on? Another podcast. The world needs one. Right? Yep. <laughs> we need it. We just thought, where is there a hole that we can fill? <laughs> It's for Audible, uh-huh. there, and uh, it's called Wedlock, so it's all about relationships. And yeah. we've been recording it over the past year, and it's going to come a out. A year and a half. It's been a long time coming. Oh, so you've got how many in the can? So six. Only six. six. It's very. It's like it's almost like a mini TV show. It's very highly produced. Each one has like Three four segments. different segments we to it. Travel, oh, we travel. Oh, really? We interview a bunch of different you people. You talk to people, humans, and relationship. Yeah. We yeah. actually... On a on a segment, we went and saw bonobos. You know about bonobos? Uh, they are those monkeys? monkeys. Yeah, and they have sex like forty five times a day. Yeah. That's how they negotiate almost every decision they make. Yeah, huh. so we were sounds tr- exhausting. It it it, seems, it looks exhausting too, and it's very loud because they scream the whole time. They're they scream having sex. the whole time. Uh huh. Well, you mean they negotiate everything that way? They, like eating. Like well, uh, you, you can't eat until we fuck. Like, uh, no, like I'm gonna. I want this food, so, so I'll finger you for a while, and then, and I'll, then I'll I get, the I take the food. Yeah. Wow, it's, it's a female-led species. Interesting. It's a matriarchal species. So, what was the angle of that? Uh, as a as a couple doing a, a relationship we were, podcast, we're like, can't we be more like this? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> it was about cheating. That episode is all about cheating and monogamy, like whether or not we're meant to be monogamous. And where did that uh, land? Did we have to listen to? Uh, yeah, you yeah you're gonna listen. have to listen. Oh, big tease. Yeah. But we will give. We'll we'll reveal one thing is that that is when we conceived right after. <laughs> right after watching monkeys. Yeah. Right after monkeys, That's and true. we knew the exact date because. We were staying with my mom. My mom was sick during that time, and we couldn't, you know, try to have a baby in her house while she was sick right. in the next room. Yeah. So that was the time when that we went to see the uh, the monkeys have sex yeah. right. over and over again. Now, did you plan on conceiving that night, or was it more of a negotiation for some food? <laughs> I was really just hungry, mostly. There was one bag of Cheetos. <laughs> and you were like, well, you're going to have to, yeah. you know, I do get a little the Cheetos. work. Right, do a little exactly. work, Kurt, if you want those Cheetos. <laughs> see what happens. And I was like, I didn't mind. I didn't mind. <laughs> so you've been doing the, you've been recording these since you, how for uh, how long? Like a year now. It, so yeah. since you've been married or, or a little after? A little, yeah, a little after. after. So we started the podcast as part of Kurt's old, uh, podcast. old podcast. Right. And we recorded, you know, just like in our bathroom or on the street. Old school. Old school. And, yeah. And then uh, Audible took a listen and they liked it. And then now it's really blown out and we've gotten to have these great interviews and go places. What, and- they gave you some money? Yeah, so we actually and, and they produced it really well. So it kind of sounds like a like a mini episode, like an audio television show. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. So like a full like it sounds like a day of radio. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like like you, there's like several shows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's so how yeah, long? Yeah, like do, the radio. Yeah, like how long do each of them run? They're each thirty minutes long. Yeah, but they're packed, man. Yeah, it just moves. It moves really. We fast. interview and, a cam girl on that same episode to talk to her about cheating about uh, about being like whether or not uh, Conduit, when men maybe. men uh, do that are, are they, they cheating exactly yeah what she say she thinks it is 
<laughs> but thank God for it. Right? I think it is, but you know, it's my livelihood. <laughs> yeah. She makes but it also, really great. She livelihood. Makes, she, her biggest tip one day was $27,000. And it's $10 a minute to talk to her. What? $10 a minute to talk to her? And yes. someone tipped her $27,000 uh -huh. for, uh, for his own work. For his own work. Just, yeah, just to... For, for hel helping him out <laughs> yeah, for do help. his thing. Yeah. yeah, it was just like worth 27 grand. Right, well, a lot of the... Wow. Well, a lot of those, uh, those they get gifts, they get... There's a whole sort of other economy to it as well. It's really fascinating. It is right. like trading intimacy Which one did you money. talk to? Taylor Stevens was her name. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. She's one of the biggest ones. So that sounds interesting. What else did you do? Uh, we, does each show have a theme? Yes, yeah. every show has a theme. What every are episode. They? Uh, we have cheating. Uh, we have crisis, mm. uh, which was we kind of did a whole episode uh, all about my mom dying yeah. last year. Oh, yeah. Sorry, buddy. Uh, oh, thank you. Mm -hmm. um, we did uh, monogamy, kids, and... Dealing with change. Dealing with change. And that was a fascinating one where we interviewed a man who had been married to a woman for 21 years. Yeah. And his wife decided that she was a man. And then she actually changed over to become a man. And he stayed with her. And now he's a gay man in a gay relationship. Mm-hmm. A totally yeah. fascinating interview. Yeah. In that... Uh, but he has memories. He still has memories <laughs> and <laughs> photographs. Uh, of, of when he wasn't gay and <laughs> she was a woman. Yeah. So there, it's actually sort of the second chat, a new take on the it's, second chat. It's a new it's a take. New take on retirement. Surprise. <laughs> it's a retirement surprise. It's a retirement surprise story. Yeah. Well, that's good that people are doing new things, you know? Yeah. You work hard all your life. Trying it out. Yeah. 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 You should, Variety you is the spice happy. of life, right? So, yeah. So have you, have you charted the whole pregnancy, like, month to month? Well, that's what's been interesting. I mean, we didn't know we were going to have the most intense year of our lives when we started recording this podcast, but it has kind of been a way to check in and yeah losing kurt's mom was crazy yeah being i mean we moved to the east coast for the better part of the year to mm -hmm. live with her and, and we were trying to get pregnant yeah, the that, whole time because i mean we, we always knew we wanted to have a baby sure. but it she was really one, wanted us to have a baby it was one thing to maybe cheer her up yeah. so we were working on that and, and then we and we thought we had failed actually um and then we found out lauren was pregnant the day after the funeral Wow. And a real punch, real gut punch. Oh, it's, it's a gut punch, but also, but also happiness. Yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, that's one of those. Circle of life c things. A circle of life, but one of those horrible things that's tempered by something amazing. Right. Yeah, yeah. It, it, was, it can't just be beautiful. It was yeah. a lot it can't in one just day. Be beautiful. No, no. <laughs> but we're naming it. Sort of like the Moonlight situation at the Oscars. Yeah. Like it was so close <laughs> to having all the focus and, and then bam. I know. Yeah. No. Boom. Couldn't. Didn't get the celebration. No. Didn't get the credit. But it's obviously it's different. It's a horrible <laughs> loss. But, but it's no, it's just like that, Mark. It's just <laughs> it's that's just exactly like, what it's you just like Ward baiting. Hit the nail the on the head. head. I, yeah. I don't. I don't want to be insensitive. <laughs> You're not. I can take it. But uh, but but yeah, no. It, but it is a circle of life thing. So, but in terms of the pregnancy, like this is a whole unknown. So you're you're pretty you're good for episodes for probably 18 years now if the thing works. Yeah. How the relationship yeah. unfolds. Yeah. You know when when he becomes disillusioned or you do mm -hmm. when the kid causes... Why are we predicting that already, Mark? <laughs> well, I'd give it to both of you. I, I wasn't being specific. <laughs> Where either one of us does. Well, that's... A, have have, have you guys talked about that? Uh, you know, the... Uh, what's Becoming actually, disillusioned? Well, what's actually going on in the minds of couples? Uh, yeah, we try to. I mean, that's the kind of... The, the show is trying to, like, kind of get into all the different types of relationships. So it's not just about a married couple. It's not just about us. It's about all types of... Well, tolerance ones. is an interesting thing. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, the compromises that people make in relationship and like what those do. Like, I, maybe I'm just, uh, maybe I need to talk about my stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get into we're re- it. We're ready yeah. to go. That's what, <laughs> should we interview you for I mean, that? do you find compromise to be uh, a failure, Mark? No, no, no. No. I don't think it's a failure, but I think, uh, you know, it's something that uh, you know, I didn't realize was totally necessary until probably uh, way older than I should. That, right. that, yeah, Perhaps everything wasn't about how I wanted it to be, yeah. and I couldn't do whatever I wanted. Yeah. And when I couldn't, I felt like the world was ending. Yeah. So now, as a grown-up at 53... I find that compromise is, is good if you want to maintain trust and, and uh, t- be empathetic and uh, respect other people, that sometimes you just got to suck it up. Yep. And also the that- The light bulb went off for you. That's good. It's been, it's been flickering for decades. <laughs> it's on and then yeah, it's yeah. off again. Yeah, yeah it's kind of, you know, <laughs> And then you just wrong? unplug it for a little while. Yeah, what's wrong with this fucking switch? <laughs> a lot of that. Yeah. No, but yeah, it, we, yeah. Well, we've fought a lot through yeah. the pregnancy because I think that for the first time I felt like I have to do all the hard work. Yeah. And my life is is impacted. And my and I'm just and I can his, do whatever I want. Yeah, he's out partying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it really it pissed me off far more than I thought it would. It, it I was just like furious. Really? I mean, like a rage. Wow. Yeah, because you're you don't know. <laughs> You don't know how much your life is going to change and then suddenly you're pregnant and you can't do like 90% of the things that you want to do. Right. And so you feel like we're doing this together, like we're making this baby together so there should be some solidarity. Yeah. Um, And we fought. But also I feel like we fought and then I realized that, oh, all of this burden has been placed on you and that I also need to give up. took a big vacation. My, I, this is the whole fight. What? What? Is that I went he, he, camping for like, a, I was like, the baby's coming. I'm going to go camping for like one he final He wanted to time. have one last hurrah, like in the middle of my pregnancy. <laughs> With his pals or With alone? his best friends, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, But it wasn't just that. You went to a 40th wedding or 40th birthday party. Wow. Right. It was yeah. like a week long trip. Selfish. <laughs> right? So selfish. Yeah. What yeah. a fucker. <laughs> If it makes sense, I was any- like, "You're taking a vac- you're taking a vacation." While I'm here, you know, waddling around, yeah, just like puking constantly. This was honestly- I can't even have more than one coffee a day. Wow. Like I can't have more than one fucking <laughs> you coffee a day. You're taking a vacation. Horrible man. <laughs> I stand behind that trip. <laughs> I stand behind it. I it, like it is not a crazy thing to do. Oh my god, to have one final camping trip and then give up and then be like, now my, I am I am a father. Whatever. He's going to take father. a camping trip in another six months. No, right. I won't. It will be two years. Oh, it's two, <laughs> you already planned it? Yeah, I've already planned it. You told the guys? Yeah. Like, we're, Get them same, together. Same time, two <laughs> years from now. We're, we're doing this. We're going. No matter what. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I yeah, I imagine that it's uh, at some point if you're a woman and you're pregnant and, uh, you, you know, you, you the the idea that it's a team effort seems like a lot of lip service on behalf of yeah. the dude eventually it's like you know it's not you know like i mean no matter what they get you or exactly go out and get you food or make you comfortable or or accept everything you're going through it's still you doing it yeah it's in you every sacrifice but i yeah. did is uh, that I every think time is... you have like three cocktails i'm just fuming wow <laughs> this is getting more this is like so i know so i'm really like, letting something so that's like right every now. night i guess <laughs> 
Uh, Are we going further into this? Is this about Kurt's drinking? Is this this an intervention? Is that what's happening? I'm afraid they make her laugh too much. The kid might come out right Right here. I had had Ali Wong breast pumping breast milk. Really? mm -hmm, She did that. She pumped on the air. That's exciting. So if we can have a baby on the air, I'm yeah. all for it. I, yeah. I don't know what I can do or I what mean, I'm- She would be happy to have the baby Spicy right food. now. What, what What would I have to do? Well, you'd have to go to the hospital. Right. right. I mean, unless it was like really cool. Well, no, we wouldn't have to go to the hospital. We would We would have to sit for, for like hours, hours while maybe she two dilates. days. So you don't want to have that on your hands. I was just hanging out <laughs> that in seems the like studio. That would be a real long episode. It would be a big day. Yeah. Yeah. We'd have to cut it, you know, time lapsing. <laughs> we yeah, would yeah. have yeah. to do that, yeah. A lot of it's just going to be her moaning. <laughs> so it'll be nice for a meditation CD, but maybe not for a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Pregnant lady moaning through early contractions. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, that'd be very comforting. The unedited <laughs> version. It's really long. So do you know what's in there? It's a girl. Oh. Yeah. We're going to name her after my mom. Oh, that's great. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. And that's yeah. a good story. Sad story. Yeah. To tell her. But <laughs> yeah, so they're right right off the bat, she can have some sadness, even in the naming <laughs> sure. of yeah. her name. Yeah. You just put it put it in as early as possible. Right. Tragedy. You know, it's going to happen. <laughs> it <laughs> is. You might, you might you introduce them to it. Just kick off with yeah. the saddest yeah. story possible. So have you painted the room and bought the stuff and all that yeah, shit? I mean, we're so ready. Oh, we're yeah. So yeah. Ready. We're, 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 yeah. At this point, it's just like uh, an anticipation for an unknown. You know, it's just like, how much can I prepare for something that you don't sure. really know what's going to, what what the situation will be like once the child yeah, is Yeah, we had a chat the other day on the way to the to the doctor's office, and it was like, it's weird that it'll be all the time. Meaning, wow. like, I can picture, and this is some. I mean, like, and again, I, I feel like I've always known I wanted to have a kid, but yeah. it's weird to imagine that I can picture it for a couple hours. Yeah. But then, like, that's, that's yeah. where I drop off. Yeah. That, I don't have any. You know, and I'm 53, there's a reason for that. Right. Yeah. Because I know well enough that I'm a panicky, self absorbed freak. I'm panicky too. Freak. And I'm like, yeah, maybe it's better off. There, there's no reason I need to make another one of those <laughs> to go out into the world terrified. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, it, but is, it is surreal like, to imagine that, like, there's no one to hand it off to. Like, there's no break. Yeah, especially because just... he'll be camping. Yeah. <laughs> I, have, I do have a camping trip scheduled for right after the, the birth. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the secret camping trip. It's a secret camping trip. I'm out. Trip. You okay here in the hospital? I'll be back in three days. I'll be back. Don't worry, babe. Yeah. It's going to be great. Well, that, that's great. So now, uh, when does the... Because um, it sounds like this is going to be an ongoing thing, and I noticed that every time she started to say something, you looked terrified, which is good <laughs> that, for for podcasting. That you you were immediately in like, where's this going? What did, what did I do? Yeah, a lot of trust there. What is she talking? About? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize. Look at that. Yeah, I did realize the face. I was. <laughs> just these wide eyes. Yeah, like what? What, what are you telling what him? Are you talking about? <laughs> Did we discuss this? <laughs> That's good. And hopefully, her attitude would become more cynical and horrible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As the kid, like she'll love the kid. Yeah. But still, her her resentment of you will grow. It will grow forever. Oh. For years. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, could it happen? I is, hope not. This is going to be great. It's going to be great. Yeah. So, you can't. what about work for you? What, what happens with that? Were you working? We both. Going- we both work from home. We're both. You know. Writer, yeah. actor, people. Oh, okay. So he occasionally goes on stage. From what I understand, there's a billboard of him with his big face coming right up, just smiling on sunset, seven feet tall. Yeah. <laughs> what What is that for? Uh, that's for my Comedy Central special. It comes out. It will have come out March third. Okay. So it'll be available for people to watch. Oh, when great! People hear this. How it go? Special. Great. I'm very. I'm proud of it. I'm Where'd excited you shoot for it? people to see it. Uh, yeah. Portland at the uh, Revolution Hall. 
I've been there. Yeah. That's the old high school? Yep. Yeah, it's, it's good. It's a good spot. It's pretty good. I played there. I played the Aladdin, too. So there's I good like audiences Aladdin. up there. They're excellent audiences. But are you, did you live there once or something? No. No, no, no. no. I, my old, uh, my record label, Kill Rock Stars, is there. Oh, right. So I've been doing shows there for a long time. Well, that's great. Your first big special? Yeah, and a kid. Yeah, my first big, my first televised first special. First hour, yeah. First Great. hour. Congratulations. Thank you very much. And congratulations on the Audible deal, the podcast. What's it called again? It's called Wedlock. Wedlock. It's a great show. Well, you know, the, the great thing about it is in a, you know, in a, what's happening? Why are you touching your stomach? Oh, what she just, just moves like she does a, you know, like a sharp elbow out. Oh, yeah? Yeah. She wants out. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. Like, she totally wants out. I, I, find, I find it exciting, but, uh, but uh, frightening. Mm-hmm. Oh, Me I, too. Yeah. <laughs> I think that that's across the board. Yeah. 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 It's like, oh, look at this. What potential and also terror. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why someone hasn't done like a, well, I guess I did Rosemary's Baby. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. The horror movie version of sure, Pregnancy. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Right. See, he's got his brain in the right place, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> well, like How that. can we turn this into some money? Yeah. I like that the idea is it's wedlock, but you know, in, in, you know, like the challenges that you're going to have doing the podcast as this all happens. Yeah. And maybe there'll be um, like, uh, uh, what do you call it? Spinoffs, you know, when mm-hmm. you separate. Because of, of his our, our new partners, his first, yeah. his fourth camping trip. You're like, I'm fucking out of it. You secretly recording from a place you've run to yeah. with the kid, undisclosed location, <laughs> my own personal wedlock. Yeah. Well, uh, congratulations. Thank you, and uh, good luck with the uh, with the podcast. It's good seeing you guys. You Thanks too. so much. Good to see you. So check that out. Check out Kurt and Lauren's uh, podcast, Wedlock. It's uh, it's out uh, on April 20th at Audible Channels, on the Audible app and on Amazon Prime. And, you know, yeah, go look at Kurt Bronner do comedy. Do do it. Mike Chiklis up next. Uh, great actor, but uh, a hell of a story. And yeah, I'll, let me, I'll talk about Mike in a second, but here's something you might want to know about. If you care about protecting the environment and you're worried about the things being done to roll back progress, then you should think about supporting the National Resources Defense Council. And in the process, you could win a trip to a huge night of comedy. On April 25th in Los Angeles, there's a huge benefit for the NRDC's litigation fund. That's the way the NRDC fights anti-environmental agendas in court. Anyway, it's going to be an amazing event with performances by Larry David, Martin Short, Tig Notaro, Gerard Carmichael, Tony Hale, J.B. Smoove, Pete Davidson, and more people. Anybody that goes to nrdc.org slash comedy and donates $10 or more will be entered to win a pair of tickets plus airfare and a night in a hotel. That's nrdc.org slash comedy. Go make a donation to help defend our planet. Yeah, man. The, the Earth. Spaceship Earth is uh, soon to be hurling through space on fire on fire so chickless mike chickless as some of you know from the shield from the commission but he was also cast you know almost freshly out of uh acting school not long after in the john belushi movie wired and it became a debacle uh like it was it was his first big break and it nearly broke him but before that he was at the uh, the School for the Arts or the in, in the acting program at BU, and I was at BU about a year behind him. You know, The Shield was a pretty amazing show, obviously, and The Commission was very popular, and I, I didn't really know that show, and I didn't watch much of The Shield, but I, I knew about his transformation into this different type of character, but it was really great to get to know him 
and his sort of commitment to theater and the craft and to acting and also the harrowing tale of being blown out. I thought it was great. And it was great to meet him, great to talk to him. And as I said, he's got a, a rock and roll record out. Can I call it rock and roll? Is that old man talk? Uh, his debut album, Influence, is available now wherever you get music. He's on the Fox TV show Gotham, which returns on April 24th and is on Mondays at 8 p.m. 7 Central. This is me and Michael Chiklis. <laughs> So here's the deal, Michael Chiklis, Mark Marin. <laughs> I went to uh, Boston University. Okay. All right. And like you were this guy that I knew was in the fine arts department. Uh-huh. Right? And the the connection was I saw you, like I was doing stage troupe. I think you graduated a year ahead of me. So I, I did- You weren't in the fine arts department No, though. I was in the liberal arts department, but I was doing oh. stage troupe and- uh, I was friends with uh, best friends for a while with Steve Brill. Oh no, kidding! Who right. you know who was in communications, but also right. a year ahead of me. But I was also really close with Mary Patton, ah, Mike's sister. Yeah, yeah. And you and Mike were both in the School of Fine Arts. That's right. So I kind of knew Mike a little bit. I knew Mary, but there was this world. And then, but you were like this, like the guy. You were one of the guys over there. <laughs> At the School oh, right. of Fine Arts. I didn't know that. And uh, Well, good. in my mind. All right, that's cool. I, I'll take so, it. I like so, being the guy anytime I can be the guy. So I went <laughs> to see a show. I think it was a Brendan Behan play. Like, you were the star. Yes. Like, it was in, it was in a big room. Like, main, st- main stage over at exactly. Huntington Theater. Yeah, you saw Exa- that? I saw that. That's great. And I was like, well, that's the guy. He's the big guy. Yeah. <laughs> So I always had this like weird half obsession with your career and what, cause we went to the same school and you were, you know, I didn't go to SFA. I tried to, you know, I kind of wanted to, but I didn't get in, but I did take classes up there with a guy named uh, Robert Young. Yeah. Bob Young. Bob Comedy Young. classes. Yeah. yeah. Odd things are funny. Yeah. Threes are funny. Fives are funny. <laughs> That's that what he said? That was his whole thing. Yeah. He was into odd numbers. Yeah. Odd he was things. a weird Anything little odd. Yeah. He was, a weird he was odd. Little, he was odd. <laughs> yeah. He made me do a monologue from Cyrano being held back by three people. <laughs> I'm, not, I, I'm not. I think uh, he sensed my anger and was trying to uh, to minimize oh my God. it. Bill Young. Did, but like we're like let's let's go through it because like there was because um, you, you know you have had an interesting career that started off a little rocky. But where'd you grow up? I grew up in, well, I was born in, we were like the white version of the Jeffersons. We moved on up, you know, we were in, I, I was in Lowell. Lowell, Massachusetts. Massachusetts. I did one of my first comedy gigs there. Oh, no kidding. At the Derby Park. At the Herpy Park. You know that place? I, <laughs> we called it Herpy Park. Was it like where you drank when you were you, in high school? <laughs> yeah, that's where you drank. And oh, there was a great story that one of my best friends punched the bouncer there and got his shit kicked out of him. Really? Yeah, yeah, Herpy Park. It was like... <laughs> It was yeah. like the one bar in town or something? Yeah, it was like a hole, you know. Well, you know, I mean, it was a big bar and it was just a, you know, it was a place to go and, you know, drink and pick up chicks when we were in high school. You well, know? Yeah, it was like uh, they had a comedy night. Right. And it was like in the, I remember. That was later it, though. Right. I, I, I oh yeah, it, was, it must have been like, was in high uh, school. it was probably 89, you know, right. when I was doing that. Right. But they had this weird kind of not even a real stage. I just remember it was in the corner. There was brass railing around right. it. Right. And, uh, you know, it was one of my first, I think it was probably my first paid gig 
I was yeah. opening for some right guy. Right downtown there, right in the middle of the town. And uh, But my father, you know, having been raised in the acre there, which is a, you know, it was just a really down, dead mill town. Yeah. And my father wanted to, you know, do better by us. So he moved us to Andover. Yeah. Which is, you know, uh, the opposite. You right, know, it's right. very waspy, you know. Yeah. I mean, they considered me, like like one of the parents of one of the kids there once said to me, Chiklis, what sort of a name is that? And I said, it's Greek. And he goes, oh, you're ethnic, how charming. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but also, like, Lowell's got all that, you know, uh, Jack Kerouac history. Yeah, my dad knew him. Really? Yeah, I didn't know him well, but he knew him. Yeah. Right, because he was around later in around. life being yeah, he, drunk. Yeah, my father was in that beat generation. He was a cat. You know, I call him my dad, Daddy-O. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Was he uh, involved in the arts? He was just a jazz aficionado. Uh-huh. And he, believe it or not, my father's a hairdresser. Oh, really? He be, yeah, he opened a, a small chain of beauty salons during that time because he saw, like, there was this gap. There were only barbershops or... Um, beauty parlor. beauty parlors right and, yeah and he wanted to do this unisex salon ah, you know? and, and he did that yeah and really successfully so he was able to you know move us we were moved on up he had a chain of over. beauty salon well yeah at one point he had a, a couple of shops but now he just has the one and he's long retired but his wife still works it and, really yeah so he yeah. was a he was a barber well, no, he was a, he was a hairstylist. Oh, I get it. I get it. But he he <laughs> yeah. started out a barber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Did and he... the thing is, he's such a tough guy, too. To meet my father, you'd think, like, he was, like, a construction worker. Uh, uh, alpha barber. An, An alpha, alpha barber, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, you know, like, Dad, how did you get into this? He's like, it was style, man. He liked it. Was it was style. In the 50s, it yeah. was all about style. Yeah. Did he do you know? shaves and stuff back in the day? He and did all had, kinds of shit. You know, I, bottles of blue stuff, and then he moved into the creams. and <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He, he exactly. evolved with the industry. Right, exactly right. You yeah. know, went down and studied with Vidal Sassoon <laughs> for a little while. Did he? Yeah, he, he was a cat. My yeah. dad's a cat. You wow. know, he, he turned me on to jazz as a little kid and- you know, brought me to the Newport Jazz Festival every year for years and years. And that's how I really got into music and playing drums. And yeah. Well, you're just playing my guitar. You seem like a, you have a few chops. Yeah, okay. I'm all right. I mean, I, I, I don't play guitar. I'm, I mean, I do in that I, I write on guitar, but I'm I'm a drummer. That's, you know, and I'm a singer. Yeah. But a guitar and bass, I'm actually a much better bass player than I am a guitarist. And I think it's because it's the where the rhythmic meets the... You know, you, yeah, where yeah. the percussive meets the melodic. You know? Right, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, bass players, like, the, the rhythm section is very important. They're, uh, like, they're they're not appreciated as much as they should be. That's right. Well, yeah. and you will love the, the, the rhythm section on my record is... Yeah, they're pretty solid. I listened to bad. it. I, I mean, so I think did. they sent me the CD. What's it called? Inf- what was the name of the album? Influence, because I went back. I mean, if I'm going to put out my first solo album, I have to go over some of my influences. Yeah. Would you call it a vanity project, or are you really throwing no, your hat in the ring? No, it's not a... No, I'm really throwing my hat in the ring. You know, uh, it's something. What is that a bad question? Well, no, it's just it's it's no, it's something that I think that every actor who wants to put out music, yeah, has to deal with it. and They're has up to against deal with it. Yeah, it, you know, because immediately there's a a, a lot of eye rolling and like, oh, here yeah, we yeah. go. But I've been a musician my whole life, so you know. Fuck it. I, I I just this is a love thing. Yeah, it's not yeah. a vanity thing. It's a yeah. love thing. It's, yeah. It's about having guys like Steve Lukather come over to my house and blow a guitar solo yeah, on yeah. my music. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's yeah, yeah. fun. That's not sure. that's not vanity, that's love. You yeah. know what I mean? So honestly, the great thing is I don't have to 
make my living as a musician because it sucks and it's hard to do right now. At 50, whatever. Well, at any age, because <laughs> yeah. right now people aren't buying records. Sure. They just don't. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, uh, Paul McCartney put out a record and 100,000 people bought it in America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Paul McCartney. Yeah, I know. But there are people making money in music. No, there aren't. Not in not not off of records. No, no not off aren't. record sales. But they're figuring they, out other ways. Live well, touring. Well, you know, I've I've made some money merch. off off of this record by uh, uh, licensing songs. Uh huh. Like they licensed a couple of things for the Super Bowl from me. And they did. Yes, it paid for the. Well, you cost got one of, the of those like you got one of those great belting voices. Thanks. You know, well, like it's a, you know it's uh, some of it's anthemic and yeah, sort yeah, of because yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. very influenced by bands like Queen and yeah yeah, yeah. you know what I mean that yeah. you know rock and roll. But was that time but when we this, were in college? Sure, I, no, I get it. Was, yeah. was, was this always the dream? Was this always the thing that you know? I you, was you always were... in bands in college, all but, through high school, college, and afterwards. And then I was in a band that was unreal at that time. That we were recording our first studio album, and I got the the role of John Belushi in the film Wired. Well, yeah, let's let's talk about that that trajectory because that was sort of an interesting story. Because like, I don't know if I ever knew the whole story but so you, oh, fuck so you, that's wait. a long story man that's I like, a I'm whole curious thing about it but like because you know you did bounce back you did have a great career you do have a great career but i mean the the rocky beginnings i remember hearing about it because i was a belushi fan Me too. but I, I don't know what i heard or what is real so you graduate bu yeah and, and you my, move out here or what? well you know how we had the the, the league auditions uh the the top 10 schools of theater in the yeah. country have these things called the they're in the theater league right right, right. you know carnegie mellon and nyu and uh you know, just a bunch of schools that and are BU is up there, right bu is right there i mean we consistently put out really great people yeah it's a great program it sure. really is i remember so, people in that program yeah like tammy tweedy tammy yeah julianne moore yeah well she's she was the year before me yeah really mm -hmm. i didn't know that yeah. Yeah, she's my buddy. Uh, so we went down to New York and I, you know, you hope that you get your, your an agent sees you or something. And I was really lucky. I got my first agent out of that. And also I was seen for my first movie, which was the Wired. Yeah. And it took two and a half, three years after I graduated for that to actually come to fruition. So you get the agent. There's this project that they I auditioned connected. for it right out of college. L literally, I was still in college. When right, I, I think and I think that audition tape is around. Is that right, or am I thinking about the no, new No, you're thinking about the, the new S.H.I.E.L.D. Guy. one. Uh, oh, okay. It's around. It's out there. But the but the, I don't know what happened to that audition. I, I auditioned like 12 times over two years. For, for, it, for the John Belushi story. For the John story. Belushi story, because it kept going out of production, and then a new director would get attached. It was so troubled. And I didn't know, like, like naively, I was in, I was a theater rat in New York, man. I didn't know what was happening in Hollywood. So I, you moved to New York, you auditioned for the thing, you're living in New York. Yeah, I'm living in New York doing off-Broadway theater at La Mama down in the East Village. Yeah, and yeah. I'm working at a restaurant and a comedy bar. Yeah, you know, which just, comedy bar? A uh, place called Comedy U Grand down in Soho. Oh my God. Did you ever I, go there? No, I don't know. Everyone was going there at the time, man. I, you know, that's how I got to know Larry David and that led to my, you know, Know, my uh, appearance on Seinfeld and just so many people used to Comedy come through there. Comedy U Grand. Comedy U Grand, it was called in, in Soho. It was a little sliver that. of a joint, man. Like, wow, when was it? Maybe what year was 90 that? seats. I don't remember that. That's, That's like before the my time. 85. 
85, 86, huh. maybe 87. Oh, yeah. And, and people were hanging out there. I don't know yeah, that oh, place. Yeah. I, I started, like, I was bartending. I kind of pride myself on knowing all the places. Oh, yeah. I, I was bartending there, and I'd go up sometimes on open mics and, yeah. and try my hand at it, especially oh, yeah? since I thought I might end up doing the Belushi story, right? Right, right, right. And I mean- so many of the people that are huge now and were, you know, just coming up, uh, whether it's Jerry or Brett yeah. Butler Brett, or, yeah. uh, you know, Rosie O'Donnell went to BU, right. was in my freshman class and got cut from BU. I think I kind of knew And that. I yeah. walked her back to the, the, the dorms and she, I just listened to her, like she paced around going, oh, I'm going to fucking go back to New York and do what I do. I'm going to do stand up. And, you know, it worked out okay for her. It you did. Know yeah, I mean? sure, yeah, sure. So, you know, I've always felt ties to, to stand up and I've had a lot of friends in that area. Um, but Comedy U Grand, I loved working at. It, was, it wasn't a long time that I worked there because yeah. it was shortly after I started working there, I ended up getting wired. Yeah. And which was in 88. Uh huh. Which I can't believe it's 29 years ago. Isn't that wild? And when I went out here, I came out here to LA. I shot that for five years. And I mean, five months. <laughs> Hello. And uh, I had no idea until two and a half months into it that there was any controversy surrounding it. So you're you're shooting it. Who, who ended up directing it? Larry Pierce. Uh-huh. Who never worked, essentially, yeah, and the, and and how was the experience? How but was the script? What was you know? Because it well, that, the script that, I was I had troubles with, but you know, like I'm that's I, from I'm the t- Woodward book. Is it who wrote that? Wired book? by Bob Woodward, and it was kind of the the sorted. You know, yeah. It, it what got, it was was and I and I challenged him at the time. I remember saying mm-hmm. to him, you know, have you ever smoked a joint? Yeah, you know, and he was he was very buttoned up, and he yeah. literally spoke like. You know, like black comedian's version of a white guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. You know, he's yeah. very like, yeah. you know, uh, no, I, I certainly did not. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I was so like. So he wrote the, he actually wrote he the wrote script? The, he, no, he wrote the book. But you met with him. Well, no, I met him during the process of right. making this show. But, but the problem was I was, I, you know, here I am. I'm an actor. I'm an empath. I'm trying yeah. to honor John. I'm yeah. trying to come from that place. And, you know, everything was very sort of damning yeah you know what i mean it was and it's because i think the way woodward put it to me was like hey man i'm a i I don't write prose yeah i'm an investigative reporter i don't write something unless i can corroborate it from five independent news sources which by the way can you imagine today right it just doesn't happen sure but he was like, I just, you know, but the problem is when you write john did this john did that john did this yeah in black and white, it reads as an indictment on him and the people around him. Sure. It, it, it lacks the humanity of all the good things and wonderful things about John and who he was as a person, which I tried to bring to the dance. But I had no idea that on the other side of it was his family and friends and business associates absolutely apeshit about the book uh-huh. and wanting the book never to be made into a film. And then one, once we started to make it, basically them going, anyone involved with this film is done. So that's Brillstein and, uh, and the crew. Ovitz, uh-huh. more importantly, yeah. because he was the king of the world at that time. Right. And, you know, I find this out two and a half months into production. Oh, yeah. And the way I found out was insane. I, I We shot at the Palace Theater on Vine. Yeah. Just off of Hollywood Boulevard, we shot the Blues, Blues Brothers Brothers. Yeah, yeah, right, right, yeah. We're there for like three whole days, we're shooting, and it was an incredibly exciting time for me. I'm playing Belouche, 
yeah. Academy Award winning producer, Ed yeah. Feldman. You know, incredible time, 23, 24 years old. Right. Just insane. Um, it's your big break. It's huge. Yeah. It's huge. And, and, and MTV is there and Entertainment Tonight and they all do interviews with me and I go back to my apartment that night in, in Beverly Hills that they have me all set up and I, you know, and I turn on the television and I watch the, the interviews on MTV and then they do this whole thing with me and then halfway through the segment, it, the horror movie music comes in and they they do this stinger and all of a sudden they cut to Dan Aykroyd going all my witches, all my curses, you know, to anybody involved in this project. And I was like, what, what, what? And this is how I found out on MTV on MTV. And I call the producer and the director and I go, get the fuck over here right now. And they came over and they were like, uh, you know, I, I well, really, you didn't, you don't know about this. I'm like, no, no one ever told me, and no one ever discussed and you're it. You're in it. You're in the process, and I'm and already the, the guy, and now I'm the, uh, you know, and I'm also like, media didn't work as fast as it no, does now. You no, no, it's just a different world you, then. You know, if you were a theater, uh, you know, theater rat in New York, yeah. You didn't know what the fuck was going on in Hollywood. Sure. I didn't know who Michael Ovitz was. Yeah, there's just two, a couple of sources of information. Yeah. You know, I was reading the New York Times every day, and the New York Times wasn't writing about right. that. So you just find yeah. this out. Yeah. I, <laughs> and I, you know, I freaked out. and But I, I had to do, I was in, I, you know, so I did the best that I could do. How much um, more shooting was there after you found half out? Half of it. Oh, my God. I tried to put it aside i tried to put it out of my mind i tried to my my mantra was sort of like don't fight just let the work speak you know the yeah. work the work the work right right um yeah and, but also i didn't really think that anyone would take it out on me what you know what i mean i was yeah. just an actor sure and it turns out you know um i i got back to new york crickets like and not based on the work not based on anything we just, just based on the, the order had was been put out. It. Yeah. Yeah. The order had been put out clearly because my agent called me and apologized. She was like, darling, I, I can't get you seen for an under five, which is, you know, like a, what is that? An under five line, oh. you know, bit part. Really? Nothing. It was over. So you shot. You have to go back to theater. And this it's is over. This is before the movie's even released. Yeah. Yeah. Like it right d directly following you rap rapping and, and coming to, to new, new york. york and i was an up-and-coming guy you know yeah. what i mean like you said i was the guy you yeah, know what i mean like sure. there was some buzz about right me. nope like you're done wow so i went like well all right and it was terrifying and shitty and bad well, what did you end up doing? Did you like say, oh, well, I got to get I a said, job? Well, or I what? go, well, you know, look, let's start auditioning. Fortunately, I mean, I got paid a lot of money for me yeah, at the time. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so I had this little apartment in Brooklyn. It didn't cost much money. So And you stashed the bread. I stashed the bread and I yeah. was there, you know, sort of. But 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 my career was over. Yeah. And I just said, well, I, let's go back to theater. Yeah. So I ended up auditioning and getting the role of, believe it or not, Stanley in Streetcar Name. I went back to Lowell and yeah. did play Touchstone in You Can't Take It With You. You went home for a while. I went home to Merrimack Regional Theater, the the the, the theater that I helped to start when I was like 14 years old and in so, Lowell, Massachusetts. Oh, you really you did? Yeah. Uh huh. 
and, and, and it's it, still one of the thriving equity regional theaters in the country. So was that part of in your mind? You're like, I'm going to go home for a while. Let me see if I can get a gig there, or it just happened. Well, by- no, it just happened. Like you know, I was telling some old friends from back there. You know, I'm done. I I I can't get seen. No, I can't get arrested. No yeah. one will see me. Yeah. And uh, they were like, well, could you want to come back here and do a show? And I was like, sure. I mean, you uh, know, so I went back and did that. And then I auditioned for this thing at the Players Theater of Columbus, Ohio. Yeah. And I went to, you know, I was brutally humbled by that that whole process because I had only aspired to be in films my whole life. Yeah. I didn't even intend on doing television. I was a snob. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to do theater and film. Right. But then just the got film out was just over. Ugh. Not based on anything other than you did this project. We are in control of the town. We don't want you to, uh, in anything. Bye. Oh, my God. Terrifying. The guy who broke it was um, Burt Reynolds. He was the one who basically, you know, threw a friend that worked on Wired with me. Unbeknownst to me, my friend called me and said, hey, why don't you come down to Florida and go fishing with me? And I went down there and... Uh, got waylaid he basically introduced me to bert on the set of yeah. bl striker and bert was like listen I, I heard what happened to you yeah i grew up during the mccarthy era i don't believe in blackballing how'd you like to play the villain in this next movie that of the week that we're doing and i was like uh, and boom literally when he hired me all of the television doors opened up again because it was a television movie of the week right and like overnight, now all of a sudden I'm I'm up for like twelve pilots. Oh, and what was the time in between? You know, you being blackballed and this happening. Well, it was about uh, let's see, it was early spring or, or it's late spring that I finished the movie, and all through the spring, the summer, the fall, I I couldn't get seen for anything, and then in the late fall, I uh, this thing happened yeah. with Bert, and I was working on that. Um, but I still uh, was booked on Streetcar Named Desire, so I had to go and do that. And how was that playing uh, Stanley? <laughs> it, it was a dream because I loved that yeah. play, and you know, um, interestingly, uh, right after that, that's when the the Cannes Film Festival opening for Wired was oh right God. after I finished that. So the first question i was asked by the international press corps at, yeah at can you was, went yeah i went yeah oh you should yeah, that was bold here you are persona non grata yeah, but you're I like went. i'm gonna go oh yeah well they, they wanted me to go they wanted me to promote the film and also you know i wanted to see w- what that was I yeah mean, sure the Cannes film oh, yeah, Festival, which is an incredibly overwhelming experience yeah for yeah a kid from andover you right. know yeah uh, and how Sahoy was that? It was insane. I, you know, I had. Did they respect the movie, or did they? You know, were they? It was the big movie of the opening. It was the controversial movie of the uh-huh. of the thing. And uh, no, the movie was maligned. Generally, it was because it's not a it's not a great film. It is, right. and I mean, it got the the director's cut that I saw was a far better film than the film that was released. And I uh-huh. think it was just cut to pieces because of all the lawsuits pending against it. Uh huh. But I'm glad that I didn't like lash out or lash back at anybody or fight with anybody and or and, fall into yourself or go into a depression right. and fucking blow my head off. And <laughs> I, I just said, keep working, work wherever you can work and do the best work you can do, and that's what's going to out. Was my thought. Yeah, I, I, it's the only thing out of I guess 
blind terror and not knowing what else to do. That's what I went with. And it worked out, thankfully. So, all right. So, Burke gives you the gig. You do the TV movie. Uh-huh. <laughs> and yeah, how was that thing? That was awesome. And I mean, you know, Rita Moreno was in it. Yeah. You're she meeting- put me on the phone with Marlon Brando. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> She's like, you know, I'm like, what are you doing next, Michael? I go, oh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm playing Stanley in Streetcar. She goes, well, you know, my friend Marlon originated that. And I was like, yeah, uh-huh. I know. Yeah. She goes, well, you should talk to him. He's a sweetheart. I'm like, no, I'm not going to. Okay. <laughs> so like 20 minutes later, she's got a cell. Do you remember the brick, the gray sure. cell phone? Yeah, she's like giant. walking out. Yeah. She's like, oh, it's it. And I'm like, what? what? <laughs> and she hands me the phone. Don't do it. <laughs> it, it. You'll upset yourself every night. Tennessee Williams is crazy. You can't. And I'm like, uh, it's the reason I became an actor. Oh, fuck that. Anybody can be an actor. It's any like I'm like what? <laughs> Don't do I, it. Yeah, yeah. He was encouraged me not to do it because <laughs> it would drain you. Yeah, because I'd be uh, it, you'd upset yourself. That's the, the, the quote that's burnt into my mind. <laughs> was he right? No, he wasn't right. No, it was so disappointing. Uh, and I never got to meet him in person. God rest his soul. But well, I, it sounds like you had you know, a, a pretty good conversation. It was probably better off on some level. I really barely spoke. I, I was so gobsmacked. I yeah. was like, Gah. and I look at her and I go, "What did you do?" And she's like, "Oh, quiet." You know, yeah. she was so funny. And and uh, Ozzy Davis and Ruby D were in that. I mean, it was crazy. And Bert took me to the that dinner theater down and in Florida. He had, yeah, that you know when. That's where I met Charles Nelson Riley and all these different friends of his that were out of their Dom minds. Dom DeLuise? Dom, yeah, yeah. Yeah, who I became friends with. He came and saw me at my when I did a one-man show on Broadway. Oh, really? Yeah. He, yeah, he was yeah. a funny guy. Yeah, I'm friends with all his children. I ended up getting an O.P. when I went up to, to Vancouver to do The Shield. He was Not The Shields, I mean The Commish. He was on um, 21 Jump Street. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. At that time. So yeah. like, but your interest, like the, is you started a theater uh, in high school? I didn't. I, yeah. Well, I, I, yes, I, I, I should, I'm just, I don't want to take, be too much of a credit monger. Right. Well, um, I had been cast in a summer stock season um, as a ninth grader. Yeah. Um, from That's my first professional gig in semi-pro summer theater yeah. thing. What was the role? It was just a bunch of uh, bit roles yeah. back, you know, you know, in in uh, big famous musical revivals, uh, right? You know, Bye Bye Birdie, Carnival, yeah. You know, so uh, yeah, okay, and so you, get your gun. You were in rotation. You right. were the kid. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was the kid. I was yeah. local hire. Right? Yeah, yeah. And during that time, the 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 guy who was the director of that production who hired me, a guy named Mark Kaufman, became my sort of theatrical mentor. He saw me in himself, saw my ambition, saw my talent, yeah. and sort of winged me. Yeah. And he became friends with my family, yeah. my mother and father. So he would drive me home after rehearsal because I was on the way to his place. Right. We would go in the backyard. It was summertime. We'd have, my father would be cooking on the grill. And we'd sit and we'd talk about life and different things. And at one point he said, hey, I noticed, you know, there's no... 
there's no regional theaters around here. Where do you guys go when you want to see great theater, legit theater? And I said, well, we go into Boston. He goes, do you think that the Merrimack Valley could sustain a theater company? I go, absolutely. <laughs> and I said, and I was only 14, but I said, the <laughs> yeah. reason why I know that is because every production you go to, whether it's just a you know a high school production or a community theater, it's packed to the rafters. There's an appetite for people want to, they're bored around here. They, yeah. You know, there's nothing to do. They sure. want to go and see something. Yeah, yeah. So we embarked on opening this theater and I went with him to all these different meetings and, you know, and, and I really, really wanted, I was like a protege. I, I helped right, right. and watched and was privy to this process, Yeah, you know, wa watching this guy. I mean, yeah. it was his baby and he sure, opened it. Sure. A 30 something year old and he, man. And he's bringing you, he's bringing but this He brought me around. along. Yeah. He brought me along for the ride and it was one of the most incredible, you know, experiences just in a lot of ways, but also seeing the nuts and bolts of the business. Sure. Work, Even at know, that level, you yeah. know, to try to get the funding to yeah, do it. Yeah, going theater. to Nancy Donahue and having her contribute a ton of money. She was one of the, you know, the... the Who is she? A big socialite in Lowell, you oh, know, who yeah, had a right. ton of money, right, you know? So, right. we, you know, we tapped into certain people. My father is, you know... Cutting, cutting hair, hair <laughs> and telling everybody about the theater and everybody wants to get involved they they want to be part, members of the board it's, so they you know we helped to make this thing me and my family helped yeah. to make this thing a staple and now i'm a permanent member of the board and i you know that that's just a is it still working yeah yeah yes yeah. all these years later I, 40 years coming up that's a great story yeah yeah, pretty cool. You, you were integrated into the theater. Well, I, that's when I really absolutely fell in love for good. I, you know, that year when I I played Hawkeye and MASH at, in, in ninth grade, believe it or not. I, how hip is that, that they did that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And who does that? <laughs> I don't think they cut a thing out of it. Was we, that a weird cat? Was it a, why, Was there some... Uh, an artistic choice to cast a ninth grader, or, or was <laughs> no, it? Man, just... I was just a wise ass, yeah. you know. Was, and that's when the casting director for the summer theater saw me, encouraged me to go and do it, and then I met Mark, and boom, that next was thing it. You know, I'm, I'm in. That's your life. Yeah, yeah. The rest of my life. So, <laughs> so now, now you're you're back in the loop after Reynolds throws you the line, and yeah. Next you're... thing you know, I'm on Miami Vice. You're doing bit parts. Well, no, I'm not doing bit parts. I'm doing guest stars now. Okay. Now okay. I'm like, you know, I'm the guest star of, you know, the week on yeah, all yeah. the big shows of that period. Yeah. Whether it was Miami Vice or Murphy Brown, right. Seinfeld. Right. You know, I st I'm really, you know, I I'm, I'm a working actor looking for the next- And you're living break. out here? No, I'm still in New York. I'm still in Brooklyn. Wow, being cast out of New York. Being for big cast shows. out wow. of New York for big shows, and uh, um, then Wise Guy happened. Yeah, and I went to Vancouver and shot a five show arc on Wise Guy. What was that show? Wise Guy, Ken Wall. Um, oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, you know Kevin Spacey, uh, 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 Chaz Palminteri. Oh yeah, and I did this five show arc with Chaz, you know, playing one of his minions, right? Yeah. And uh, I was just a hot headed minion, and yeah. you know, and um, Steve Cronish, who was one of the head writers of that show, yeah, watched me do this scene where I f flip out and you know shoot a uh, ping pong. Not ping pong, a pinball machine. Yeah, you know. Yeah. To shit, and he he pulls me aside and he goes, "Hey, listen, you know, I just watched you shoot that scene, and 
I have a pilot that I've written and you're way too young for it, but you're the guy. Yeah. And I was like, well, cool. What is it? He goes, it's a, I know you're, you know, cause at this point I'm like 25. Yeah. He goes, you're just innately the guy, but you in 15 years, you're right, the guy. Right, right. I go, well, I can age up. What, what is it? You know, of course, actors. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm like, I can do it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And he goes, it's about a police commissioner. I go, oh, shit. In my head, I go, yeah. like, oh, fuck. Yeah. You know, he goes, but he was the youngest police commissioner in the history of the United States. He's like 37. When that was, was based kid. on true story? Yeah, yeah. Okay. The, the police commissioner of Rye, New York, a guy yeah. named Tony Shembry. Great guy. Yeah. And they called him Tony Scally in the, yeah. in the show. So I, I auditioned for it. Um, the uh in front of steve cannell and then cannell said look we gotta we gotta in order to get this at cbs who who owned it at the time yeah we have to trick them we have to we're gonna shoot you but we're gonna age you up because the president of the of cbs at that time uh just he was not a creative type he was you know and and they probably had some guys in mind well, yeah, you know that, and you know, well, they had tried a bunch of people, and, and they just couldn't find the guy for right. a long time. So I shoot the thing, uh, like three scenes of it. We send it over to to CBS. He's like, awesome. He's the guy who can't wait to meet him. So I go to meet him as a matter of course because it's done. Now. Yeah, but I made the mistake of going in jeans and a t shirt. Uh huh. And as soon as I walked in his office, he looked at me and went, "You're a young man." And I went, well, yeah, but you saw the tape. And yeah. he's like, could you excuse us? And he like dismissed me. Oh, from my the God. I was like, uh, here you go again. Sent back to the, the hotel. Phone's ringing. Steve Cannell. Sorry, Chicky. It's over. He's freaked out at how young you are. He doesn't think he can do it. What the fuck? That's Mark Marin. Yeah. What and, the fuck? And he saw the tape and everything. He saw it, yeah. But his brain divorced from it. He was just like, you can't be that young and play this role. And I was like, motherfucker. So so I moved on with my life and cut to like a year and a half later, the phone rings and it's Steve Cronish. And Cronish goes, Chickless, uh, you know, uh, the, do you want to play the commission? I go, fuck you, dude. He yeah. goes, uh, I thought he was playing with me. He goes, yeah. No, I mean it. Uh, it's now at ABC, and I had just done a pilot for ABC that didn't go. Yeah, but the guys at ABC were like, they hot loved for you. Me. They yeah, wanted yeah. me for for a show. Yeah, and that's how the commission was born. It happened. We went to ABC and ended up doing that show God, there. That, and- how'd you deal with that rejection of that? Like signing the fucking deal, and then like you that's know, the thing about my career, I've been bitch slapped around and then risen up oh after it so many times at this point you know those things that you punch and they go down to the ground and then they come back sure up again? Yeah, yeah yeah that's what my wife calls me it's yeah. one of those things yeah. i don't i don't know what they're called but <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know because I, I i i know innately not to take it personally i don't think any of this has been personal right i think that this is a huge industry there's a lot of people vying for position um and you know producers are trying to fit puzzles together like if you look at the the role of a of a network president for example yeah he's got or she has got you know a 250 million plus dollar budget in front of them for a year of television at any given time right it's probably not even accurate it's probably more than that yeah so you you know 
that's a lot to sort of compartmentalize. And you've got a lot of people working underneath you. And basically, you got to look at it like a jigsaw puzzle. Like, oh, Marin fits here. Chicklist is perfect for this. Yeah, you know, yeah, and, yeah. And they just try to plug you in. Right. And that's why it's become such a thing over the last two decades about branding. Oh, you got to have a brand. You gotta, yeah. What's your fucking brand? You know? Right. Somehow I've always raged against that shit, yeah. you know, because you know, I, whenever I start to form a brand, I break it and go in a different direction. <laughs> in terms of it, as an actor. As an actor. Right. Like, yeah. what's your what's your uh, wheelhouse? Well, I mean, I think but that the industry would say cops because my, you know, two of my most successful things were playing police officers, like, but, even though they were antithetical to each other. Right. The well, commish and the shield. So let me ask you something, though, because I remember, like, part of the obsession uh, that I had and wondering, you know, where you went and how... Because, like, I, I didn't know Mike Patton that well, but but uh, my friend Steve was friends with him, but they had a contentious relationship. But I knew Mary pretty well, and I'd met Mike a couple of times. And I just saw you guys as, like, you know... For, yeah, I got these rumors back, you know, because Mike was a good actor. Yeah, I mean, really I, good. I saw him in uh, Indian Wants to Bronx, I yeah, think. Yeah, I was in that. You were the, I played you know, the, Indian. the Indian guy. That's I right. I played the Indian. Believe it or not, me. I, I saw that. You know why I remember it now? Wow, you saw that. You want to know why I remember it? Yeah, because I wanted to be an actor, but I was over in the liberal arts college. Huh. And I couldn't. So, like, I remember it because... Mike, he had a piss in the garbage can one time. Yeah. Like there was a piss scene where he had a yeah. piss with his back to the audience. And I remember during one of the scuffles, the squirt bottle fell out of his pocket. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's what. Okay, I, rem yeah. I remember that happening. <laughs> that's so crazy. You did? Uh, yeah, because he was horrified. Yeah, you know, yeah. He was so embarrassed. Right. And oh then, my God! Wow, that's a long time ago, man. Yeah, and you—that was a challenging role because you really said very little, and you just had to be terrified the whole time. You was a victim. I, yeah, I just remember. I just remember that now. That was you, of course. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah. So you, I do have a history with you. Yeah. Whether you have a history with me, I don't know. But I, I remember there was a like I known that that Mike was doing you know like Shakespeare. That you guys went these divergent routes. Are, well, you, are my, you guys friends? Well, uh, we're Facebook friends at this point, right? You know, we had sort of a. a you know a falling oh, yeah. out and some years went by and i think when facebook happened i reached out to him and went like hey man you know we're really good friends yeah yeah, oh, yeah. you know why why aren't we still really good right, friends right. and he was like yeah absolutely and he you know and he uh, accepted my friend re request and we <laughs> yeah. now we but, but we, you know he lives in seattle and i live here and i you know if i go up to seattle at some point i will absolutely call him and look sure. him up but you know Does how he have that, a family and stuff. You got a family. Or? I do. I you know that that really changed the equation of my life. You know, once I got married, and then I had one daughter, and then yeah. I had another daughter, and then you know it becomes yeah, you know, responsibility and yeah, you know, it really does. Yeah. I mean, and a lot of friendships end up falling by the wayside, especially when there's geographical problems. Sure, you know, yeah. Uh, I've tried to maintain, you know, my five best friends from high school are still my five best friends. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, funny I'm how that works. I kind of like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, they they knew you before. What, you know, they're yeah. never going to judge you as they anything. They don't give a shit. Right, yeah. You're you still know, the guy that they knew. Yep. You know, I go to, I'm, I'm on the board at BU. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm a, I, uh, you know, for the dean's uh, advisory board. Yeah, yeah. And I speak to the freshmen about craft because they're about to go into the bubble yeah and i speak to the seniors about the world the business the business yeah so there's a vocational aspect to sure that. but speaking to the freshmen i always say to them you have to define success for yourself yeah 
Because if it's just all about the, you know, holding awards in your hand and the glam and all that shit, that's a very finite thing. And you Only know, a few people in that yeah, club. That's yeah, that's a real tight ring. There's yeah. like seven rings in yeah. the business, you yeah. know? To get into that that ring is, whew, yeah, you know, and I know a lot of people who are, you know, work-a-day actors who, who, who are in it. You know who they are. They're in your you know your psyche yeah you know like a guy like brian howe been around forever been in a you know dozens of movies television yeah. series he's currently on Westworld. he's amazing yeah uh this guy but i don't think anyone really knows brian's name per se i know i don't now i have yeah. to google he's him. one of the and he's a really successful and tremendous actor highly respected everybody loves brian but i you know there's there's all different places in the business you know i I look at uh nina tassler who was an acting major at boston university yeah she ended up going (laughs) she ended up going yeah you know who he is sure sure. you've seen him dozens of shit right so uh nina ends up going behind the scenes ends up working for a guy named les moonvest when he's a producer at lorimar boom 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 they keep on you know working their way up and next thing you know she's the president of cbs for a long time and incredibly successful so everybody has their path right everybody goes in the business in the business you know um you know i knew i knew you somehow and there was some sort of connect someone you know and i can't you know how life what are we you're 52 53 yeah yeah. I'm 53 years yeah. old. So many different things. I've traveled so yeah. much. And so, you know, I, I remember distinctly having a conversation about you with somebody, and I can't remember whom, but I remember them saying, like, uh, I, and I thought it was BU. It was a BU connection. Sure. Well, that's interesting that at least, you know, you're you're still giving back and, you know, and, and you know, trying to help the people with the dreams. Absolutely. I You know, my daughter just graduated from USC. Uh-huh. And uh, this past year and she was a theater major although now she identifies herself as a writer who acts and yeah. she just signed a book deal as a matter of fact oh really yeah incredibly she's writing a novel and she wow. got about a third of the way through it pitched it and yeah it's uh, great yeah and it's going to be out a year from now uh, uh mother's day of 18 uh and it's you know it's a brilliant fiction you know it's comedic it's about her relationship with her mother it's called raising mom Uh uh-huh and it's brilliant and is it based on truth it yes very much so (laughs) we're all represented in it but Uh i mean but it's definitely fiction at the Uh same time she's fashioned this sort of narrative it's not hurtful Oh, she kicks us in the teeth a bunch of times, but in a great way. It's ve- it's really actually oh, it's a love story. Yeah, it really sweet. is sweet. Yeah, and it's wonderful, and it's got a huge heart, but it's 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 got teeth. Yeah, I mean, yeah, she yeah. Definitely, she's got it out. this dark ribbon uh-huh. through her. You know, uh, she played my daughter on the Shield. Oh yeah, you know, she played Cassidy. So she's got she's got some. Uh, she's her father's daughter, that's for sure. But. But her, I love that she's a writer and she's creating content. And in in the meantime, I got to be her, um, uh, you know, her graduation speaker. Her, oh yeah, you know, yeah. I, where, where at USC? At USC. Oh wow, which was insane to yeah. get, you know, to give my daughter her diploma. <laughs> Isn't something that happens, man? It's crazy. Sweet. It's insane. Yeah. So I've been, I've been really fortunate on a lot of levels. You know, 
I keep stepping in shit. You know what I mean? Uh, and I, I guess also I'm always forward. I'm always moving ahead. I, I don't like to sit back and, and, and look at past successes or even past failures only to the degree of like to look at it learn or glean whatever i can from it and then move the fuck on well yeah well he went from you know the commish to the shield which was like this strange like complete transformation that you know but that must have had like you know the commission you you did well and i'm sure after that run was done you felt proud and you 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 banked some money and you got your health insurance and the family's happy and (laughs) everybody's good and you know it was probably sad for it to go away but you know it was done well there's always these dips especially when you do a long-running television series yeah that's where anybody who's an actor has to listen up right now because if you have a long-running series as an actor on a television show it's different than anything else you've left this in Especially if it's successful. Yeah. You've left an indelible image, an imprint on on the public. Right. And it's going to take a little while for another generation to come up and also for those people to sort of be able to accept you in another context. Right. You know? Yeah. So there's inevitably this sort of downtime. So if you're into music, that's a perfect time for you to record a record. Yeah. Or if you're into theater, go and do a a show on Broadway as I did right after the- That was your one-man show? Yeah. What was that about? Uh, men and women. It was called uh, "Defending the Caveman." Rob Becker oh, did, you did it. Oh, you did Becker's Becker show? show? Yeah, no shit. Yeah, at the booth. Do you know Rob? I don't know Rob, but I know the show, and I know he started as a comic. And I, you know, I, there was a. When did you get into comedy? Uh, when I, did... Well, I, after college, and I, you know, I was there for five years at BU. I left in like '86, and I came out to LA for a bit, and then I kind of hit the wall on drugs, and I went back to Boston and started. Wait a I... minute, hold on a second. I'm th- I'm having a flash. I think it was Dennis Leary who I talked to about you. Yeah, that's possible. Do you yeah, know but, Dennis? Yeah, he pro- he was part of uh, his company, Jim Serpico at Apostle, produced my TV series for four seasons. Okay, okay. So huh. was that relatively recent? Relatively recent. Yeah, that's probably it. Sure, because like when I when I got back to Boston, nineteen eighty eight, I came in second in the in the riot. And that's when I started working as a comic. Oh, cool. Yeah. Cool. So that's, but I've been in a lot of different places. I was in San Francisco, New York, and back here in LA well, now. comedians, man. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. That Bounce was around. it. They're all, you're always on the, but, in, oh, but on the getting road. back to a Becker, when I was in San Francisco, you know, he was this guy who, who did stand up. And then he was one of the first to kind of franchise that show. Like, you yeah. know, he did that show for years. Years. And then it just became Made this thing. Made a fortune thing. off it. Yeah. And then it came this thing that other people could do. Right. And you were one of those people. Yeah. Well, you know, what, he, he had established it on Broadway um, at, at, you know, uh, the Helen Hayes, which was a smaller theater. Yeah. And then I took it to the booth, which was, you know, it just blew it out. It was a larger theater. It was like 1,100 seats. And, you know, yeah. and, and I did a six-month run. Yeah. And then he, while I was doing that, he went to, I think, Chicago and, and mounted it there. Yeah. So, like you say, he franchised it and it, he, he had mounted a production in vegas or something like that anyway he did really well with yeah it, yeah you know and then so so that's what you're doing to buy your time and then how does the commission happen i mean uh, how does oh, the uh, shield. yeah well because you know you got to look at what's coming at you you know here i had just done a you know a comedy and i was well known for playing you know this affable sort of roly-poly guy on the commission <laughs> and i wanted to break that shit you know and yeah. i you know what happened was in 2000 i ended up doing two gigs i played curly in the three stooges movie a, what, a tv movie yeah it was a tv movie with uh 
uh, Evan Handler and Paul Ben Victor. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, Mel Gibson produced it. Was it? Really a, proud did, of that movie, actually. Really? Did you yeah. do a lot of research into Yeah. 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 I read all about those guys, saw a ton of video, a ton yeah. of, you know, old films. Can you do the laugh? <laughs> sure. <laughs> You know, your mother and my mother are both mothers. It's been a while. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> since I've it's good. It's good. taken him up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love Curly. Yeah. You know, and that was daunting because, you know, whenever you play, you know, a real a, guy. A guy, you yeah. know, you got to sink in. And I, I loved it. I'm very proud of that movie. People should look at, you know, look it up. It's yeah. a great movie. Um, and then the other thing I did was this ill-fated uh, year on a comedy, uh, a half-hour sitcom called Daddy-O. Uh-huh. And, you know, it was a benign, you know, sweet, good, big-hearted show. But uh-huh. it, again, it was more It was more of the same. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man. I, you know, when, it, when it ended, I bitterly said to my wife, I, I got to do a show called Fucking Blow Me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because, <laughs> you know, I just wanted to do something, you know, real and, and satisfying. And yeah, satisfying. It's hard, you know, as an actor when you're just doing that and you got to take the gig if it's offered to you. Well, you, you know, know I'm raising children sure. at this point now. Yeah. I got two kids yeah. and, and then when you mortgage do, payments. When you and, do, you have no control yeah. over the content. And if it's silly, right. you, gotta, you just suck it up and yeah. do the best you can. Exactly. And people, you know, and you know this yeah the public seems to think that we all have our just druthers you know we could just do whatever the fuck we want yeah yeah so i you know i made this choice because i had all of the choices sure i mean you know i I say to people do you have you looked at me (laughs) i don't i'm not brad pitt (laughs) yeah (laughs) i never was brad pitt right i mean you know what i mean there's like 10 guys maybe right over the course of the 30 years of my career that were in that position where the scripts were coming at them. Right. You know, yeah. in the feature side, especially. Sure, sure. Um, and then the rest of us in the the next ring are duking it out and fighting for every inch yeah. uh, for everything and trying yeah. to get that role that can break through or sh- showcase your work. Yeah. And the only reason that The Shield happened is because it was at FX and it was off everyone's radar. In fact, I was a television star at that time and you know uh i, I know i used quotes and it's annoying as yeah shit. you can't I, I used see air quotes yeah. and you guys can't see that. yeah then i'm glad yeah anyway <laughs> yeah anyway my the people in my camp at the time were like you can't do this you're a network television star it's yeah. an fx uh, and you're out of shape yeah well no actually at the time i was ripped you got ripped that's got, what you did that I, in your downtime i did that in my downtime worked it out got insane shape and i was looking for that kind of a role really and when i read it i was like are you guys crazy have you read this it's the best pilot i've ever read so i went for the material the material the material and hoped that you know that i'd have a great tape from it yeah that would break the mold yeah that's was my the height of my uh, you know expectation like, please let me get some good tape out of this shit sure. so people won't think of me just as the commish. Right. Or daddy Yeah, yeah. You know? The, the right. four people that watch daddy And it was incendiary, but although I thought it had tremendous potential, but, you know, the, the, I was like, God, if people see this, they're going to dig this. Because this is, you know, I loved the, what it the, the, was the, going the for. The mor- morally dubious alpha cop. 
Yeah, well, it's just about, look, it's very resonant right now. You sure. The, the thematic question of the shield was, what are we willing to accept from law enforcement post 9-11 America to keep us safe? Yeah. That's what's happening right yeah, now. Yeah, right. And, you know, it's it, you see the the ambivalence and the gray areas of, you know, how tough it is to be a cop yeah. and how hard it is to do your job yeah. and how contentious it is with the public and how some bad apples ruin it for the rest of the blue. You know, it's so, it's relevant yeah. still. Yeah. Um, so I thought, man, this could break through, but it's on fucking FX, you know yeah. what I mean? And we were the first. Yeah. So when I won the Emmy, it was this... It was an earthquake. It was a tectonic shift. Of shift. The networks. Uh, all the networks went, which cable network do we own? Because yeah. they all own them. Yeah. People don't realize right. that, you know, they all own, it's right pocket, left pocket. Right. So they did something brilliant business-wise. Fox went into compe- competition with itself at FX because Fox owns FX. Yeah. Right? Yeah, but they were like, well, why not? Yeah. And FX now, look at FX. Yeah. Look at the quality amazing stuff that they do one show after another i have to say peter Ligori and kevin riley the first two presidents of fx yeah their first three forays into original scripted material was the shield nip tuck and rescue me yeah oof, oof, uh, you know yeah, yeah. just a a one two three punch of yeah. three massive hits and look at the careers that have launched out of just those three shows sure like yeah, they took writers, chances. Actors, yeah, yeah, they did. And it was raw, and it had you know real cu- edge. The to mandate it. at the time, it's really you know, it's kind of harkens back to the early days of Sundance, when mm-hmm. you have no money, no time, but the willingness to let artists do their thing. Yeah, Louis. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, God, I can't. I've not met him. Oh, really? This is so insane. Like my favorite, he kills me. Oh well, you, Louis hey, C.K. He's, He's, uh, a, he's a little elusive, but I think if you hang around New York, you could meet him. <laughs> uh, just watched Oh My God again the other day and kills me. So yeah, so that defined you. Yeah. That was the role. Yeah, well, that was, that was, you know, that was a huge breakthrough for me. And what it's done is made people realize that, you know, I have a considerable amount of range. Yeah. That, you know, I, yes, I can play the roly-poly, affable guy, but I can also play a motherfucker too. Yeah, and everything in between. And so, you can play a superhero. <laughs> yeah, suck it. Yeah. You got the full package, uh, the full emotional. Hey, you package. know that's 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 all. I always admired people in the in the industry that were versatile. Sure, character you know, actors. Yeah, people who could you know put on a bunch of different hats and really sell it. You know, Gene Ackman, I love the best. He's the best. He's the best. I think he retired. He did. He did. But one of the greatest things in the world was to hear that he was a fan of The Shield. Oh, yeah. yeah. I bet. Through DJ Caruso, he director. He told you? Yeah. DJ worked with me on The Shield. Yeah. And Eagle Eye. And he made a movie with him. And he was like, oh, you work on that show, The Shield. That's, oh, I love that show. That, that's the real shit. And I'm like, oh, God. It's beautiful. I could die now. Hackman was so Hackman. good. Hackman. Yeah. You know, and what so you, you like? I'm just looking at stuff, and I I don't watch a, a lot of stuff, but it looks like you know you you just do the work. You know, you do animated shit. You do, you know. I uh, love working, man. Yeah. I do. Um, what is No Ordinary Family? How'd that go? That was uh, a, a a superhero show that I did for one season. That a real shame because it had a huge following. People loved it, 
and it was just a behemoth and we shot it in LA and it cost so much money. Mm. And I don't know, you know, you never know the real right f- for something going down because it's interesting. You know, I-, I looked at the numbers of that show and they were strong. And yeah. I still, I, obviously something was wrong with the math. Yeah. You know, you never know who's pissed off at who too in sure. terms of producers. Yeah. You know, I mean, there, there's talk about, you know, that's Greg Belanti produced the show and he was moving over to Warner Brothers at the time and, you know, and, and ABC was like done with him. So ABC Disney. So that you never know what the, the as an actor, yeah. you know, unless you're right in there with everybody. Right. Even then you don't know. You sure. Know? Yeah, yeah. You're not in the room. And you don't find out till the day with after. With the network. You're not, you're not there when the network guys go in there and shut the door yeah. and make their decisions. You know, they're going to tell you what they're going to tell you, but you you don't really know what the bottom... And it usually has to do with the bottom line. Sure. But it can also have to do with relationships or broken relationships. Sure. Bottom line is it didn't go forward. It was a fun show. Yeah. A great cast. Julie Benz, Romney Malco. We had yeah. a blast. Yeah. And it was, well, you know, people... Man, it's so funny. People look at television and, you know... They, they they feel I think that they think that actors have so much more control than they do. <laughs> why didn't that the guy stop them from taking? Well, uh, yeah, you know how many people walk up to me and go, you know, why don't you just have them do yeah. another season of Vegas? There, and I'm like, because they canceled it. There well, is tell a, them, you know, you can do that. Go and tell them that you know that we loved it. Yeah, they, they like. There is a sort of blindside yeah, to how the like, business no. works. That's not what happens. And are they still are they still making Gotham's? Yeah, I just finished. It's literally I just two days ago finished and came back from New York. I've been in New York for the last two years, living on Fifty Sixth and Sixth, like a hundred yards from Trump Tower. And it's I, been crazy, huh? Oh my God, what a cluster! It's just been a really incredible to watch that evolve over the last two years into yeah. what it is now which is a colossal Scary. clusterfuck <laughs> yeah well, well i mean it's costing tens of millions of dollars to just isolate that building right because it's in the center of manhattan yeah you know and i'm just happy to be out of there right now yeah it's uh, just madness but um it's been wonderful you know I'm really glad to be getting back into shape. Like last year, I got so fat because I went to New York and and I was doing Gotham and living in New York and I was going to every theater production and I go into restaurants and they were like, Mr. Chick was right this way and yeah, here's yeah. another appetizer that yeah. you didn't order. And yeah, yeah. You know, and I was just, for me, thanks. Yeah. You know, I just Sure, you, got, you, don't, want, you don't want to insult the guy. I didn't want to insult the guy. <laughs> so this year I made it about, you know what, let's get back to, you know, my brand to get back into shape. So, yeah, yeah. You know, I've really been going hardcore for about six months again, and Did I'm starting the, to get 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 back thick, to me. Yeah, tight, ready to go. Yeah. So now with the music, with the uh, influence record, yeah. What uh, do 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 you play out? What do you? We just did. We we played uh, in November. We played our first live show, twelve uh-huh. piece band. You know, I got the guys from Conan O'Brien's band on this too. Which ones? Uh, um, Scott Healy, yeah, is, who's the head of the band, the keyboard player. Uh huh. And La Bamba yeah. and the guys in the brass section. It was incredible experience. You know, I, I built a studio in my house, a recording like you did with this. I yeah. built a, a cool recording studio in my house, world class. Oh, that's great. Yeah, and I just had session players come to my house. I'd show them the tune. We'd shed it. 
Well, good, it man. On. Yeah. And I'm glad awesome. you're enjoying yourself. That's, yeah. And I'm glad it worked out over and over again. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And that's me. I'll just keep swinging. All right. Thanks for talking, Mike. Pleasure. Pretty cool, right? That was a good talk. He's like a solid dude, man. A solid dude. Does my does my does my words sound fat? Where's the guitar? I have to, I got to give my new guitar a rest because it's uh, in order to get the sound I want it destroys my left eardrum, which has problems. Yeah, my ears are going. My cat's gone. My voice has gotten fatter. The world's gonna be just a flaming rock spinning through space. Well, let's not let's not be negative. Let's let's be thoughtful and engaged. Let's use a phase shifter. That ought to do it. Phase shifter and a telecaster. What problems can't be solved with that? Come home, goddammit. Huh. <sighs>